evidence in the court. All rise for the honorable judges. I'm Kay. I'm Sports. And I'm Brody. Welcome to Talking Shondaland for the People edition. Uh, today we're going to be discussing episode 2.2 called This is America, written by Paul William Davis and directed by Kevin Dowling. So today on the docket, we have six accusations and Kay will be going first. Just so we're clear, can my accusations be positive? Yes. (laughs) Because there's like this, I'm realizing even as I'm building the like my notes for the show sometimes I'm like this is way too positive to be an accusation but no 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 (laughs) because my actually this spoiler alert this episode I really enjoyed so I don't think I could come up with very negative all right so my first accusation is that um this episode dared to use uh landmarks monuments and institutions extremely well so I have a kind of a list of landmarks, institutions, and monuments that the the episode used that I think are notable and very interesting. So the first one, and this is my Canadian perspective, sports. I'm going to throw it back to you maybe in the end so you can say what you think. But okay. I, the first one I'd like to mention is um, the quote that Jay used, a uh, Reagan quote. So from my from my understanding... Reagan is a Republican. I got that right, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's kind of seen as, regarded as the modern kind of golden standard of what the Republican Party should be. Um, It's extremely interesting to me that they chose to use that president, use a quote from that president, given the current Republican administration that you guys are suffering. Let's be real. Well, I think they used that quote because Jay's parents had a photo of him, right? Yes, there's, there's, they put, yeah, they, they explain why he used that quote. I kind of looked up Reagan and that quote in general. So from what I gather, Reagan gave um, speech on Labor Day, a Labor Day weekend speech and it was in new york Uh, it was close to the statue of liberty he refers to the statue of liberty a lot in his in his speech he talks about immigration there are great quotes about immigrants and how they make the country stronger it is in that speech that he uses the (laughs) the coined token phrase make america great again (laughs) which is extremely interesting um I, I encourage people to look it up, but I thought it was extremely interesting that they chose to use President Reagan in in that very powerful piece of dialogue we have between Tina and Jay. Um, so that was the kind of the first one I wanted to mention. We have a pan panning shot of the Statue of Liberty during this episode. Um, that was also very interesting for those who might not know on the Statue of Liberty. Uh, there is a plaque. Uh, it has been brought up very often in recent years regarding I- immigration. So kind of a quote on that plaque says, Give me your tired, your poor, your ruddled masses yearning to breed free. Yeah. The wretched refuse of your yeaning shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Kind oh, it's of, so beautiful. Right? Mm. Saying that America is kind of a land who is accepting and who will take the poor and the tired. Beautiful, beautiful quote. And I don't think it's a... It's random that we have a shot of the Statue of Liberty in this episode. They used the law very interestingly, the institution of the law with the Kate storyline. Uh, that's that conversation about the law being immutable or the law being an agent of change or reflection of change. What is the law? These many interpretations of what the law as an institution can be. Mm-hmm. Um, Tina mentions uh, Marshall, D. Marshall. And as she talked about that, I wasn't really sure. We did wonder whether it was the judge so 
yeah, I was like, no, it's Judge Barnes. It's not, it's not that man. So I looked it up. So from what I gather, she's referring to Turgood Marshall. Because that courthouse in the Southern District of um, New York is the Turgood Marshall um, courthouse, I think. I might be mistaken. People feel free to correct me. But it's referring to Thurgood Marshall. He was the first uh, African-American justice. Uh, he argued big cases uh, before the Supreme Court, before he became a justice himself. He's the person who um, argued Brown versus Board of Education, uh... which, which is a massive, massive case. Um so that's who she's referring to. So it's also a monument of the law in the United States. There's also conversation of what America is, what America means, uh, the kind of paradoxal aspects of America. And my last one, and I won't discuss as much, I, I will just mention it because I'm sure we will mention it la- talk about it and discuss it later. But the last monument I think this episode uses, and it's not the least, is Anna Devere Smith herself. <laughs> so <laughs> those are the big monuments and institutions and landmarks that the episode used um, and uh, I think they used them very well they did do very well this is an amazing episode sports did I do America uh, proud here <laughs> you did um, thankfully that wasn't one of the things on my list but what it, you know I was going to mention that shot with the Statue of Liberty yeah um, Particularly, just to emphasize, you know, where where we were in the in the story and the way that they shot it, mm-hmm. so that she was almost glowing. Mm-hmm. I know, I noticed that too. The, the the lighting on that, I mean, if you've ever flown into into New York, and if it's clear when you're flying in, that's that's one of the things that you can see. And they had to have made a choice at some point in editing or in filming to uh, adjust some coloring so that she really, really glowed in that shot. It was a beautiful shot. Lady of light, huh? You know, and it it is interesting that they chose a lot of what was happening with, with Tina and Ramon to happen inside a courthouse. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a very interesting choice. And I, you know, I, I, I'll admit, I've always wondered if they were going to use some of the New York monuments. And one of the reasons that they chose New York was because of some of the monuments there, if they were ever going to come into the stories. But I think that you, you chose some great ones. Good job, Kay. Yay, me. Sports, I think you're next, your accusation. You are. I am. So I'm actually going to follow up on Kay saying that Anna DeVere Smith being a, a monument herself. I just, I would like to say that I accuse for the people of making sure that the t- talent of this woman was not wasted. No. Yeah. Uh, from the beginning of the episode to the the end, she was just, she is a force of nature. Yeah. And if you ever get a ch- chance, um, some of her, uh, one of her one woman shows was, taped and I think it aired on either HBO or Showtime. I highly recommend watching it. She there is a reason that she takes over the screen when she's on it. She can take over a stage when she's the only one on it. I don't know that that monologue that she gave about this is America would be delivered in that episode by anyone else. It would not be believable. And you just know that it isn't just Tina Chrisman saying it. It is actually her saying it. Her in, in vibing her life experience mm-hmm. into that. Because she, I mean, you know, it is, it is probably part of the, the white privilege that I have that I sometimes forget or overlook, if you will, that that is a very important part of our history. Yes, we, you know, we rose up against uh, a monarchy that wasn't treating us well and got our freedom. But you did it on the back of slaves. Yeah, I mean, we did it by owning other human beings. I kept thinking about, while she was giving that speech, 
I kept thinking about Michelle Obama at the Democratic convention saying, I wake up every morning in a house that was built by slaves. So those two things kept going through my mind. And I rewatched the episode this morning to make sure it was fresh in my head. And I'm like, yeah, it's actually more powerful the second time through. And she makes some great points when she's talking to Jay. He said we were welcomed. She said, today you might not be. Yeah. And we have had this country, not only with slavery, but we have had waves of of immigrants from other countries that we have done that to. Uh I am, um, my mother was from Ireland. A lot of my family came to this country from Ireland. But if you go back, um, 110, 120 years, there used to be signs in our cities, Irish need not apply. So this country has gone in waves of choosing which immigrants it will and will not accept. And un- unfortunately, right now, That's we are so going convenient. through another one of those terrible waves. Mm-hmm. But there, there was a time that my, my family would have been welcomed here. That's very interesting. Canada also gave the Irish uh, immigration a very, very, very hard time. <laughs> we uh, here in Ottawa, um, uh, we kind of segregated, segregated them in a certain portion of the city. We uh, they were hired. I don't think I'm. I think I'm. I don't think I'm misremembering, but they were hired to build the Rideau Canal, um, and yeah, they were not living in the best part of town they were they kind of had the horrible reputation people were really not giving them benefit of the doubt and yeah it's it's funny and also we're recording the announce recording this on saint patrick's day yeah it's sad to think about but i really liked tina's speech uh tina's version of america is extremely interesting to me it feels very real It, it feels like um Accurate. Jay and Tina's relationship is just so rich and so good. And the the two actors together gave us the strongest scene of the episode. One of the strongest scene of the episode. They're my bro TP. Yeah, you know, and that the deputy. Yes. Um, I know. Is that not amazing? You know, they, it, you know, they also made some very interesting choices in who they had do what in this yeah. episode. We did notice that it was very, very culturally uh, diverse. Yeah. Uh, Really, a lot of the, outside of the Covington storyline, the majority of the white characters were really the center of what was happening. Mm -hmm. Which was, I believe, was a very deliberate choice. Oh, for sure. I just, I love how the deputy used what she had said to him when he was running a little bit late. What kind of person would I be? Yeah. You know, cause he, she had said that to him in the morning when he was running a little bit late. You know, she said, what kind of person would I be if I did that? Well, and Tina the- did mention, yeah. she said, I am, you know, she said, I think uh, exactly was the era. What's the, what was the word? Irrisible. Irrisible and eccentric, but beloved. Yeah. Beloved. Yeah. Was very appreciative and beloved of her. I would say the Covington case kind of also emphasizes the... In a weird way, it kind of emphasizes the the other storyline in the sense that the person who's being prosecuted is someone with a lot of privilege who has, with his whiteness, is is heterosexuality, is is the the money. It's, it's he uses the law to make horrible things. Like he manipulates the system. In a, in many ways, it kind of and yet he's protected. You know. And yeah. these people who are there and did not do anything wrong, there he wants to be a witness on a federal case. He showed up. He wants to have a better life. They're not protected. Mm. It's kind of jarring. Okay, so my uh, uh, accusation is that 
they did very well with using ice, representing them in how it is in today's society. Like using ice in this episode felt very real. And very sad. Yes. You know, like we're uh, America is still going through situations with ice and the compounds and everything. You know, it's like a day-to-day thing. And and not just ice, the bond judge. Yeah. He didn't even want to listen. No, he didn't care. He did not care. And I think they did very well in uh, representing that and bringing it, making it seem like they weren't just throwing things under the rug with this uh, storyline. They really made sure that we knew what was happening. They are. It's funny because last week I was kind of praising the show for showing us both sides of an argument, making us care for both sides. In this case, they did not Mm -hmm. and they shouldn't. No, because there's no case for the other side. Exactly. And that's also something I'm going to make references to Aaron Sorkins again. But that's also something he did on the West Wing. He would spend a lot of time sometimes showing us both sides and, you know, making us care for both sides, showing that both sides had arguments. But in this one, there's no, there is no other side. No, there is no other side. It's, it's what they're doing is inhumane. And I know how Ted, new Ted, talked a lot about what would happen to Ramon, where he would, he would be lost in the system. You know, he could be walking around in bare feet and, you know, like he would be, because he didn't have status, he wouldn't be have to be adopted and he would just be in the foster system, lost forever, unable to do anything with his life. And that's a reality for many, many children now. It's awful. Yeah, because I, I think that we can, I think that the majority of people would agree that there is no good reason to ever separate children from their parents when it's not in the best interest of the child never. and there's certainly never a reason to put children in cages no yeah. never 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 yeah no agreed um just thinking about eyes you know the it's a it's an acronym that stands for immigration um customs enforcement and i feel like that's that's what they do they enforce that's all they do. They don't argue. They don't justify. They enforce. It's it's a way of using the law that does not question it. You just do it irrationally and without looking at circumstance. You just do it. There's no nuance to it. You're an enforcer. And I think, I don't know, I feel like it just, in a way, it's like disrespecting the institution. It's funny, uh, Right now, if you look up uh, ICE on Twitter, they have a, uh, they're trying their absolute best to shine a good light on ICE. Oh, are they? Yes. ICE helps dismantle smuggling rings that put people's lives in danger. Uh, Well, I'm sure there's some, no, I don't, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. (laughs) No. They're really trying their hardest. Illegal alien from China sentenced to Houston. ICE helps out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really trying their hardest to make sure that to shine a better light on ice, which is not something I they can do right now, or they should even try. No, they should not. Okay. No. All right, move on. Um, okay. it's a very simple one. My my next one, but I'm I'm gonna accuse this show of being super I didn't even think they would reach that level of amazingness I'm sorry for doubting this show it brought in dinosaurs and that's just the ultimate (laughs) the ultimate amazing thing this show could do for me you know I I, I knew I knew it I knew it for someone for someone who was married to Kay and watch the episode with her, the amount of joy that was <laughs> on her face and the squeeing and the excitement that radiated off her was a lot. You know, like I, she, this, this woman <laughs> loves her dinosaurs and she freaks, freaked out. 
Oh, I freak out. I There's a joke, like... Well, there's a lot of jokes, actually. I used to play at work at lunchtime. There was a unmentioned game. The game was that the first person to be able to organically bring up Jurassic Park in a conversation would win everyone's respect and the ways we managed to do it was amazing uh every friday i tried to wear a dinosaur shirt because it because people have started noticing and now they're really paying attention to it um i was reading i only read the headlines i'm sorry i should have researched it but apparently there's recent studies that seem to show that children who are very invested and who love dinosaur tend to develop their intelligence further and to be very curious-minded and um, they love to explore and things like that. So I highly encourage people to who have children to um, make them learn about dinosaurs. I have a dinosaur walk that Brody hates that she does not like me doing. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's, when... not the, it's, it's not the most attractive thing that uh, is, though. my it wife is. ever does. <laughs> It is. So when Jay did his own interpretation of um, the Trodon, it was just, ah, mm-hmm. oh, Jay is my people. And... Well, uh, you know, uh, on the back of uh, this, uh, you know, in a very Jurassic Park style, I'm not sure whether many people know, but Harvard University has, they briefly, briefly woke up mammoth DNA inside mouse eggs. Ah. It was, yeah. that was on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, they brief- recently woke it up for a short time in a new experience, uh, experiment. Apparently they have learned nothing by uh, the Jurassic Park movies. I mean, the last <laughs> thing I will say about this topic is that if they ever open Jurassic Park, people can will be there. Oh, she yeah, I'll be, be there. to be food. Got oh, it. Listen, yes, exactly. If people, even if my ticket says... This is the day it all goes down and you're going to get eaten. I'm pretty sure I'd go anyway. I'm... Oh, she would. And she would make me go with her and we would both die. You are the woman who tried to take the selfie with the jaguar and got mauled. Oh, yes. That That's... is her. That is Kay with a dinosaur. Oh, yeah. The T-Rex s- won't hurt me. <laughs> it's, it's very sad that you say that because I kind of, I was not impressed with that woman. But you're actually right. I am that woman. <laughs> Life insurance. Oh my god. So yes, accusation. That show is awesome for using dinosaurs in the most interesting, awesome way. <laughs> yeah. All right, sports. Your second one. Okay, mine is the show in general. It was a bubble show last year, and I think that they recognize they may be a bubble show again this year and they've decided they have zero bleeps to give and are going to tell the stories they want to tell yeah in whatever time they have left and i think that the first two episodes have highlighted that perfectly Mm -hmm. they are not going to back away from a topic just because it could affect them getting renewed Mm-hmm. No, I noticed that too, that they were willing to uh, bring up some very touchy subjects. Really, quite honestly, that I find that is one of the biggest differences between streaming services, cable TV, and network TV. There are times when network TV has writers, has the cast, has the ability to take chances, but they don't. They play it a little too safe. And maybe that gets you a renewal, and I understand it's people's livelihoods and jobs, but... But I think they've come to the decision, is it worth more to educate people and to bring awareness than... Sometimes it's better to be right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's better to be right than than to be popular. Or easy, as Dumbledore would say. Right? Yes, he would. May he rest in peace. So I just wanted to, you know, I, I think that that was probably one of the biggest things for me with this episode is I'm watching them like, man, for a show that was on the bubble last year, they are just, they are going to town. They are taking this second, this second chance at the plate and they're hitting home runs. They're not hitting little seeing eye singles. No. 
I'm looking oh, at baseball reference K. <laughs> What's what is that? What is baseball? Um I'm looking I, I, I cannot claim to be someone who understands really how ratings work and I see a lot of ratings experts on Twitter express their opinion on how they work and how sometimes we misinterpret how the whole rating system works. But I'm just looking very quickly at like the numbers. And it has gone up from episode one to episode two. Um, so that's encouraging. I would think that's word of mouth. And I'm just looking at the positive response that there was on social media. It seemed even people who are not necessarily dedicated or super invested in the show tweeted about this episode and were like, it should be mandatory viewing, extremely interesting. This, this episode seemed to have gotten a lot of hype. So I would not be surprised if people started watching from this very episode. So yeah, it's doing, it's, it, I hope, I mean, I'm at the same place I was last year. Uh, I hope the show gets renewed. From I, the... I think it helped that they put it on TGIT also. Yeah, it's, it's, it it's... wasn't on it before. Okay, so I believe we just did sports. Yes. yes. Brody's done sports? Yes, I just, I, we had a good conversation about that. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Okay, so now my second one is, uh, it's a little bit tricky. We'll we'll see how this goes, ladies. So, the first time that I have uh, in this podcast mentioned Kate Little John, just want to say I reeled reeled myself in. So my accusation is that they are portraying Kate Little John as socially challenged or possibly being on the spectrum. What do you mean by that? She has a lot of quirks and a lot of characteristics that are very similar to people that we both know and people we know that have autism or maybe on the spectrum. Yeah. She, she, she's very detail oriented, oriented, orient, oriented, oriented. Yeah, don't have syllables. You got it right. Yeah. All right. Like, I mean, population zero. But that was the cutest little thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Where the hell did she get a map of Yellowstone Park and a pointer from? Uh, obviously... Did you hear the rundown? Right? She knows where all the office supplies are. I know! Exactly, she's like... Uh, floor 11 is this and floor 12 is this and floor 22 is this and like just like off the top of your head like bang 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 yeah i i will say i i have no idea about the spectrum and i'm far from someone who's being who yes, would be able to like, diagnose or we are, to say we that are ass- assuming we're we're dangerously is. assuming well it's not assuming i think we're we can we can discuss it there's nothing dangerously more theorizing yeah yeah, we're being fearless. No, but I would say, like, um, we have no idea, you know? And um, it would be extremely interesting as a teacher. Uh, there are many of my students who are on the spectrum um, who are some of the most amazing students I've I've ever had. Some of my favorites. Whoops. Some I don't, of my I don't favorite have favorites. I'm sorry. I don't have favorites. I um, do. And some <laughs> of my favorite students of hers are on the spectrum. And I love hearing stories about them every single day. But I will say that there are characteristics I see in those students that I see in Kate. Um, like looking upwards as she talks. Things like that. Or like uh, the amazing their amazing mind and their ability to tell me things and to remember things uh i have a student this year who knows my schedule better than i do uh he'll when he sees me in the hallway he'll tell me exactly what period what time we'll see each other next uh or this sometimes he something i also see in kate that he also has is a struggle to kind of understand or to take in sarcasm or certain nuances. Like I, I Kate this episode when um, Seth is trying to give her advice and he's trying to figure out the whole hunting and eating uh, little idiom yeah, he's kill, looking kill, for. Kill, she's kill. like, I, she's like, I already had lunch. 
you know? Yeah, she does really <laughs> struggle to be on the inside of jokes. But it's so awesome. I love it. And I would adore if a show like Forda People would have a character on the spectrum, but I have no idea. No, we have no idea. Maybe she's just strange, and that strangeness we love. That's also awesome. Well, I'll, I'll throw this out there. They have a spectrum. Isn't it possible that we all are a little bit on it? It's just where? Mm-hmm. I know. human beings, by their nature, we all have little quirks and eccentricities. And I will say this about uh, representation when it comes to people on the spectrum. I see a lot of it in children and teenagers. I don't see a lot of it in adults. I think the only show I've ever watched who kind of approached it but still did not go full or on that. was uh, Parenthood with Ank. There's... um. There's a television show on ABC, actually, um, called The Good Doctor. Oh, yes, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I love there's that also, one. There's also um, The Bridge with... Uh, the, uh... I have Diane Lane in mind. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's not yeah, Diane Lane. Yeah, but it's not Diane Lane. Diane it's Kruger. Diane Kruger, yes. It's Diane Kruger. I'm pretty sure she, she uh, is. is on the spectrum, for yeah. sure. Well, there's Bones, who, who it was never addressed, but I think it was never addressed on the show. But I think it has been said in interviews that um, she she was on the spectrum. Um, Is there a reason why it's never addressed in TV shows when it's sometimes very obvious that they are may or may not be on the spectrum? Oh, well, because I, th- I think that we still have an incredibly awful negative stigma surrounding anybody who has any kind of what they derm at deem a, men, a mental illness you know oh, God. um gray's gray's anatomy just did something the last couple episodes with with that and they they wrapped up a story arc and it was pretty interesting i know you guys haven't been watching so i don't want to spoil anything for you but um it involved alex's mom luca's dad deluca's dad and bailey Oh. That's interesting, and and it was, uh, it at at the peak of it, Alex looked at said at Bailey and said, I guess I am going to spoil it a little bit, and said, you know, I think you're prejudiced against people against people with mental illness, and she slapped right back at him, said, No, fool, I'm a person that lives with mental illness, and I'm trying to help you see how to help deal with these people. Yeah, OCD and stuff. She just went right back at him. It was very interesting how they did it. Wow. Well, I've just read that with the bridge, um, they never really, with Diane Kruger's character, Diana Kruger's character, Detective Sonia Cross, um, in the press notes it states she has Asperger's, but it's never actually discussed on the TV show, openly discussed about her affliction and her highly unusual actions. It's not an affliction. I'm just reading off the. Uh... They say affliction. <laughs> yes. Oh my. They say affliction. <laughs> just reading off the side. It's not an affliction, everyone. I do not agree. If there's someone who who has more knowledge than us, who would like to to tell us anything or tell us their oh, thoughts no. or maybe something we we misunderstood or we slipped on or something we could do better next time we want to discuss. Um, well, picky. Well. P- Piggybacking off my accusation, however, I just want to mention that uh, Susanna Flood is an amazing character actress. Yes. Amazing. Like, she, like, I know that there have, she's mentioned that she, there is similarities between her and Kate. Like, they're both very detail-orientated and such. But just by going on Susanna's Twitter, it seems that she's also very different from well just looking at what she does with ben pretty much Mm -hmm, every week their little dance off so cute like i would not see kate doing something like that but oh i love kate little john so much guys i can't i can't yeah she's uh i almost definitely she's a standout in that tv show yeah what about her scene with leonard this episode Yes, well, sports, you go first, because I, we've expressed our feelings a little bit last week, so you go first. The 
Kate. Is this and... an accusation or should this be in an alternate addendums, Kevin? We can, yeah, we can note an addendum it. It's just an add on to what you were talking since we're discussing Kate. I thought it was mm -hmm. interesting. It's a great scene. Sports, what were your thoughts on the Leonard and Kate scene this episode? Okay, so first, since I haven't heard your discussion, this is going to be an entirely fresh perspective on this. That's good. That's good. Um, I, I think one, I'm not happy that the girlfriend isn't around. Yeah, where are you, Anya? Okay, so that would be my first thing. Because I don't want them to force those two together. I think that they are much better as colleagues that challenge each other's um, skills as lawyers and knowledge and how they approach the law. Mm -hmm. I, I think that they're far more interesting in, in that capacity. I think them as a couple would be incredibly dull. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. However, in this instance, I think that what we've learned is that, that they both are incredibly passionate about and love the law and it was a beautiful really thing. want to use it in the right way. Mm-hmm. It was and a beautiful scene. I just, it, I, I have to yeah. admit. And the fact that, that Leonard is just so, there is so much of him that just wants to burst out of his skin that a witness that he brought in was taken out of the courtroom. You could tell he was so aggravated and upset about that. And then the fact that he can't get the man reunited with his child and he feels, he feels powerless. Yeah. And I think Kate had that sense of powerless too. Yeah. At I, one point, which is, you know, she was crying. Her, he gave her the best advice. Flesh and bone and beating heart. Just be yourself. Yeah. And to and look for heart. where he made his mistake and where he was human. He was saying, listen, this guy thinks he's above the law. He's <laughs> not above the law, but he's an arrogant SOB and arrogant SOBs always make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They just do. It may take too long sometimes for the mistake to be found, but they I, always make a mistake. Uh, I think for me, with the Leonard and Kate relationship, I think the beginning of their relationship has ruined whatever moments Leonard and Kate may have in the future. You know, like, I really think the flesh and bones and beating heart scene where he that he's seen Kate in a different light than everyone else was beautiful, but it just seemed like they're just pushing that topic at the moment to me. Yeah. It's wonderful that she has someone who tells her things like that, because I, I remember... She I was can, crying. She was crying, and I remember last season, and I'm so... I should have looked it up because I'm mad I'm not remembering who told her, but it was implied that she didn't have emotions last season. Someone tells her... I'm pretty she, sure it was Leonard. I would not be surprised, and it would be an amazing parallel if it was, but someone implies she doesn't have emotions or, or, or feelings, and she responds very viscerally to that. She's like, I have feelings, you know? Um, it's very, it's good that she has someone who now sees her as extremely human and who tells her that, and you can see it really touches her that someone sees that part of her. Um, yeah, especially when... She had that moment with Covington, who where he, he kind he was like he expressed a lot of disappointment towards her as a, a lawyer, and uh, I think what Leonard told her really gave her assurance and confidence, and it was an extremely interesting perspective to give her, um, and he was right, you know, and it that's where they're good for me, where they push each other and they see something in each other that other people don't see. And I feel like professionally, that's amazing. Personally, I don't see them as a relationship that would work on a personal level. But professionally, work husband, work wife, love it. No, but I love the Seth and Kate work husband, work wife. That too. I love that. I don't want that to change. It doesn't have to. No, but I think if I had to pick Rick Wife, Rick Husband, it would be Seth and Kate. I, I think, think they've come a long way from being in the apartment together. They all want her to, to be a, their work wife. And, I want uh, her to be my wife. Wait, you cut off. Did you say work <laughs> wife or just wife? Because I just wife. heard... 
Okay. I only heard wife. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, Just, I can't yeah, blame no. you. Work. <clears throat> yes, that's what I said. All right. Does anyone else have notes? Yeah, notes and addendums. Anyone else? Okay, so this is a very weird one. And for an episode that was so well done, I found one continuity problem. Ooh. Ooh. Tell us. And it's very, very little. But yeah, at the beginning, when Tina's walking into the courthouse, she has those bright orange sneakers. Yes. <laughs> yes! No, they were pink! She, she changes into her work shoes, but later, <laughs> when she's setting up the blanket and stuff, she has sneakers on again, but they're black and white. They're oh, I bad. noticed that too, but I didn't actually, like, like, I noticed it, but I was never something I retained. Well, like I said, I just rewatched this morning to make sure I was ready for us, and I'm like, wait a minute. Where are the pink shoes or the orange shoes, whatever color they were? That's not the sneakers she wore in. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that gets stuck in my head. No, I get it. Something else we learned about Kate that was interesting is where she got her schooling. She oh, yeah. Not... Covington's an arrogant ass. Yeah. University of Virginia, not good enough for him, apparently. Yet she schooled him, so there. Uh, Robin Roberts being on the episode was fun. I love her. Um, she's a Bella forever. She appears in Pitch Perfect 2. Mm-hmm. She's a survivor, a cancer survivor, and... Uh, I just, I like her. So when Seth asked Kate if she liked her, I was like, I do. I like her. I love her. <laughs> I, do, I just want to put an image into people's head about when uh, everything went down at the courthouse and uh, the um, Jay and Jill? and uh, Jill, Jay and Jill were called and Roger and Leonard and the... Uh, Circuit that uh, the state attorney were called, it was like the vendors assembled with Judge Barnes. Like they all got that. together, like Avengers assembling. It was a very good standoff, it was very it tense. Was. Yeah, and Jay has uh parallels to this case with uh Ramon being a kid, an immigrant. Well, that's what he was, that's what, what that's what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Tina. Mm-hmm. I was welcomed, I think. One last thing I do want to say is, you know, Anna, like Anna, 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 we have been waiting for this. Right, that's true. Yeah, that's we true. We have been waiting for this. And, you know, I think uh, one thing that stuck out that, that she said to me, that well, she didn't say it to me, you know. <laughs> she <laughs> but said well, good. Did. Okay, so my thinking here, okay, so p- l- listeners may or may not know as to what's happened in New Zealand recently with the uh, terrorist attacks at the mosques. One thing that uh, Anna DeVere Smith said was, uh, what one thing Tina said was, uh, pain is progress. This and pain I is think progress. This pain is progress. And New Zealand, with what the recent events, are making huge strides and making sure that this won't happen again. Huge strides. And I would yeah, just yeah. To acknowledge I that. I has to do with the episode. But your prime minister rocks, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's 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 amazing. She is. She is, a, she is you know. I I would trade for her. <laughs> unmarried, unmarried, had a kid in her first year. She's she's amazing. She's doing very well. Doing very well. And you know the the fact that one tragedy happens, and they're they're going to go after semi-automatic weapons already. You know, our, New Zealand our doesn't mess around. Let me tell our, you. Our politicians should take note. Well, do you know take Donald note. Trump reached out to Jacinda and he asked, "What could the United States do for New Zealand?" And she said, "Love your Muslims." That's. I just want to show to tell everyone the, the kind of person she is. So her response was, "Love your Muslims." Yes. So anyway, all right. Let's let's move on to petitions brought before the court where we discuss listeners' feedback. So we have uh, Pig on the Wing at Pig Wings 11. Our favorite feedback. Our favorite. Our favorite listener so far. Just, you know, shout out. <laughs> it's not a competition, but you know. 
She says, Seth giving Kate advice, and will that dynamic last now that she's done with Covington? I want to say yes, that dynamic will last. I, I think that they need to have it last because, you know, he, he went to law school too. He passed the LSATs too. He got chosen to work there too. And sometimes last year I got the feeling in the first season that he was kind of, you know, um, a sometimes you were a punchline. A punchline, yeah. Of a joke. yeah. And um, I, I'm, I'm glad they're going a different direction. There and should I, be a, a good give and take. Yes. They have different perspectives and different experiences. They can butt heads and have debates. But you can butt heads with somebody and, and have productive debate without demeaning the other person or making them feel less or small. Mm-hmm. I think I think with what they did with the last season where Kate went to Seth's house, I think is a, a good enough indicator that we're going to get more of them and their dynamic. See, that's right. That's the weight we're starting to feel right now. Because when Leonard left, Kate went to Seth's. She kind of sat on his couch and they watched Rambo? Which yeah, movie was it? <laughs> first Blood. First Blood. Yeah, First Blood, right? So It's the first Rambo movie. It's called First Blood. It's not called Rainbow until two and three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Leonard has been gone for months, so we can we can assume that Kate and Seth were kind of left together. They probably were worked on cases together a little bit, discussed more things together. So they probably got closer from that moment. Yes, so I think that it showed that she went to Seth. Right. Exactly. Like and she voluntarily went to him. It's not like he invaded her office and then she felt the need to divulge to him her issues. She voluntarily went and divulged. So that's, that's and, interesting that we're starting to see that. Yeah. And uh, again, uh, Pig on the Wing says, Leonard's apparent growth as a human being. Do we agree? Do we disagree? I think his character is being more fleshed out. Yeah. I don't know. He's not just the senator's privileged son anymore. No, exactly. Now, it's now he's him being affected emotionally yeah. by his cases. He came up with the solution. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This episode was pretty big. And they didn't, you know, they could have made the choice to have him come up with a solution and then show him in the judge's chambers. Well, that's but the thing. They, well, that's... they made another choice to have him flat out run from his office to the courthouse. Judge Barnes, yeah. Yeah. You we know, had, they, they yeah. could have made other choices there, and they didn't. No, and we the reveal with that too was we we had him talking to Judge Barnes, and then we see nothing, and then the reveal for the decision that Judge Barnes made was seeing the dad back. Yeah, that was the reveal. It was not. We didn't see him agree. We didn't see him disagree. But I mean, the smile implies, or the, the his face implies, he's considering. It, yeah, at least but, you know. Yeah, and the fact that the last words spoken in the episode was Tina telling Ramon that, that he is welcome here and he's a beautiful boy. Aww. And there weren't any other words after that. It was just right. the music and, and him being reunited with his dad and it cut to the end. So they made some choices that I'm, you know, I mean, we all know I'm a marshmallow anyway. I was sitting sobbing. Yeah. Okay. Pig on the wing <laughs> says again <laughs> the sheer wonder of Anna Devere Smith. Let's all take a moment to recognize that this woman is a genius. And she has been for a long time. No, I know, but this episode just blew her out of the park. Oh, yeah. Like, she was given an opportunity to really, really shine. And she shone, man. She shone. She was our Lady Liberty in that episode. About time. And she name-dropped herself. Tina? Tina name-dropped herself. That was interesting. <laughs> that's some That's some power she when you like, name-drop yourself. She was like, this is how important I am. Arresting yeah. their... Iris- oh, I can say that word. Irascible. Irascible and eccentric, but beloved. <laughs> Clark. I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. And well, they all- you know, it's important for... for- you know, we always say it's important for people to recognize their own power. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there is a woman who is completely comfortable in, in her role, her place in the world. She knows her power. And by God, the facial expression where she says, I 
I'm not giving them this child until I know where his father is and we know where he's going. Let me tell you something. Anybody standing in front of her, if those words were directed at me, I'd have peed my pants a little bit. Because I, I was scared. Yeah. I'm like, she was, you don't yeah. want her that mad at me. Okay, let's let's talk the last verdict. Uh, overall appreciation of the episode. What do we think, ladies? I would say the episode was guilty of being pertinent, guilty of making fe- me feel something, guilty of giving me perspective, guilty of reminding me of my privilege, guilty of reminding me that I can make a difference, I can do something. Guilty of... Man, guilty of making me want more of this show more more a renewal i want more this yeah i have to say this 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 episode was it touched me in places i didn't know i could be touched okay creepy (laughs) no it was amazing it made me cry it made me cry 42 minutes of spellbinding near perfection television 42 mm-hmm. for those who don't have to constantly rewind. That's right. It took us an hour to watch because Brody loves to rewind and rewatch. And there was a lot of rewatchable moments in this episode. Yeah, I think we'd, we'd actually, it was longer than an hour. I was timing. We were halfway through. So we were like an hour, a half hour in and we were only at 12 minutes. No, not watch for the people with Brody. Or do and really realize the amazingness with me. Oh, okay. All right. And court adjourned. Where can we find our guest on the internet, sports? Sports. I am on Twitter at sportsfan12921. Um, also, if you leave messages on the Facebook page of Grey's Anatomy After Party, I see them. Um, and I see things left on the Bar with a View podcast that I also do with Kay. That's right. We do a podcast. It's called A Bar with a View. Our next podcast that will be released uh, on Monday, so it might already be released when you listen to this, will be about faith and religion. So you want to listen. It's an interesting one. And uh, you can find us on the internet at... uh... The, our website, uh, cortemarts.com. Twitter at Talking Shondaland. Our email voice note is uh, shondaland at cortemarts.com. Voicemail 404-500-8785. And our Facebook group is Cortemp Arts Podcasts. We are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts to leave us five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, our personal Twitter handles are at Insanity Glamour. Mine is at K Wright. You can also send tweets at TSG Podcast. Mm-hmm. And that is us. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Talk to you next Bye. week.